episode 51 of near death dolls i'm lisa and i'm Paige, and we are hosties with the mosties while talking about ghosties and other captivating shit i'm all ears over here's <laughs> <laughs> oh good i'm glad you're over here's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm already captivated let's do it <laughs> today lisa will be telling us about colleen stan the girl in the box heads up heads up Heads up. This is a tough one. <laughs> Heads up. Heads up. Uh, yeah, so we're going to need some liquid courage. Paige, what are you drinking? Girl, I got some peanut butter whiskey over ice. Peanut butter jelly time. Mm-hmm. Without the jelly time. <laughs> I wish I did have some jelly. Maybe I should have just spooned some jelly in there. <laughs> you could have made it like kind of like bubble tea with jelly at the bottom instead. Ooh, don't tempt me because I will. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's your liquid courage today? I am having something I've had before. I'm just having a ginger beer with cranberry vodka in it. Sounds so good. I was going to add some gin, but I was like, you know, just let's keep it simple, stupid. A little kiss. <laughs> kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's all I got going on over here drink-wise. Really good. Had it before. Let's move on. Right. We just need some like good old comfort drinks to do this girl yes. in the box story. I assume it's going to be awful. It's pretty bad. It's really pretty bad. And I don't often, like in my opinion, pick super dark cases. I I mean, we'll, we, you and I will sprinkle them in here or there, but we don't try to be super duper dark. For usually. sure. Not every single episode. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like that's why we sprinkle in some of the like the hauntings and some cults and conspiracy theories. You know, it was this was a really hard one. As I was researching this, I had to take breaks and like watch YouTube videos on like cottage core. <laughs> oh, you're like, I need to calm down. I need to get some warm and happy in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I went back and forth between cottage core videos and documentaries. <laughs> You're like, ah, cottage car. Okay, back to right. girl in the box. <laughs> Steal myself. Yeah. And while listening uh, to like other podcasts, it's one thing to do the research and talk about it. And it's another to listen to it. So it's really hard to like say <laughs> some mm-hmm. of the stuff that happens here. But uh, I heard about this case on TikTok from a true crime. I guess they were podcasts. I didn't know they were podcasts, but um, they're called Murder in the Rain. And I haven't actually listened to their podcast, but they did cover, um, I don't know her name, I think it's M or Emily, maybe. Uh, she did, like, in a couple segments or whatever on TikTok, she covered this case. And oh. it was really interesting to me. And this is the first time I've ever heard of it. So this case kind of hits hard because it starts with a hitchhiking girl. And I've never hitchhiked. Have you, Paige? No. Okay. We did pick up a hitchhiker once, though. Well, 50-50 chance that was a serial killer, but I was kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Like, I haven't, like like I said, I haven't done it, but I've done a lot of things that I look back on and think, God must have really been looking out for me because I could have been abducted and killed, like, way too easily. (laughs) Right. So, I, I, yeah, I would never hitchhike now, but, like, Mm -hmm. if you go back into the 60s, that's mm-hmm. that was one of the modes of transportation right and we talked about that with with our edmund kemper episode oh yeah oh my god so many hitchhikers so many hitchhikers so a quick trigger warning there will be talk of rape and torture so if you're sensitive to stories about claustrophobia also maybe this one isn't for you yeah just skip ahead yeah we have a lot of other lighter sillier topics you know that 
this might be for you. But this one's, this one, like I said, claustrophobia, rape, and torture are going to be involved. Go listen to our Titanic conspiracy episode or something. Something a little more, not (laughs) lighthearted, because I guess a lot of people died then too. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Hey, Denver International is my favorite conspiracy theory. So maybe that would be a fun one. Do that one. Do Men in Black. Skip this one. So let's start this story, that of Colleen Stan, the girl in the box. Okay, take a deep breath. Count to ten. Have a drink, because there will be lots of sip sip with the shits. Okay, maybe I will have a drink. (laughs) All right, so Colleen Jean Stan was born December 31st, 1956 in Eugene, Oregon. I couldn't find out a lot about her life or her as a person really before, like in any kind of internet articles or anything like that but she described herself as being like fun and carefree she was a fairly experienced hitchhiker by the age of 20 experienced huh (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay okay that means she did it a lot correct successfully at this point but um she would choose her rides very carefully if anything didn't feel right she wouldn't get in the car and on may 16th 1977 Colleen wanted to go to a surprise party for her friend's birthday in Northern California. And like we've talked about, like I said, in the Edmund Kemper episodes, uh, 60s and 70s, this was way more frequent practice, like much easier to hitch a ride back then. More people were willing to pick you up and Mm -hmm. there were a lot more people doing it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Going to Northern California, but Edmund Kemper was like mid-California in the early 70s. So he he drove around a lot. He could have picked her up at any point, honestly. That's a good point. That's a good point. He might have made it all the way up there. Maybe. So this particular day, Colleen set out to get a ride. She started by getting a ride from a truck driver that took her about 100 miles from her friend's home. Uh, Then she started trying to find her next ride. And she did turn down several cars uh, before she settled on this next one. Damn, girl, you should have picked one of those. But, you know, hindsight. She said on this day, she actually, a car pulled up and it had five guys in it. And she's like, yeah, this doesn't feel right to me getting in the car with five dudes. Like, something's going to happen. Like, yeah, that would make me nervous. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable about that one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's... uh... The vibe, it's like, who knows, any one of them could just kind of turn on you and then you're stuck in a car with five guys. So a car pulls up and inside is a young man in his early 20s, his wife, who looks to be about the same age, and they have a little baby. Seems wholesome. Right? She, she, you know, she let other cars pass that maybe had like just a, a single man or a car full of dudes and... That didn't sit well with her, but this felt much safer to Colleen. Right, because it's a family. It's a family. They even have a baby. Right. Yeah. I'm just scared now. (laughs) You should be. So she got in with them. They drove about 15 minutes before stopping at a gas station. She got out to use the bathroom, and she said she felt there was something off about these people in this car. (laughs) Something, like, was nagging at her, but... Something told her, like, don't get don't get back in. But she did it anyway because she thought she was just being paranoid. She's like, what? Really? I turned down a car full of five guys. That major red flags. This, why are you being silly? Just go get back in the car. They're waiting on you. Listen to your instincts, girl. Oh, yeah. so scary. So when she got back in the car, she noticed um, now in the back seat, there was like a wooden box sitting next to her. What? So they're like, yeah. okay, she's going to the bathroom. Let's pull this out of the trunk. Right. It was it was big enough that sat in the seat next to her comfortably, I believe. Um, it wasn't like a huge giant box. It was just, I couldn't give you the measurements. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. understand. Yeah. Um, 
she didn't really know what it was and she kind of ignored it whatever it was they pulled it from the trunk because it wasn't there before put it next to where she was sitting so weird and as they continued to drive the man asked colleen if she was okay with them stopping to check out some ice caves and colleen said it was fine she was just glad of a ride and didn't want to seem ungrateful so she's like okay cool fine whatever that's when you pretend you have to get there on time like nope sorry i gotta go <laughs> right or say that's okay i'll get out and I'll, I'll get another ride so they turn down a side road and after a bit they stop the man and his wife and the baby get out colleen is sitting in the car by herself waiting for them to return she's not really sure where they went she's kind of sitting there so the man returns and actually holds a knife to colleen's throat and tells her put your hands above your head and don't move don't scream here it is <laughs> here it is guys he gags her blindfolds her ties her hands and finally he takes this wooden box and puts it over her head oh my god okay there she is girl in the box and it wasn't just some random wooden box it had been crafted to operate on hinges and it was made to lock a person's head inside it even had insulation to muffle screams and was about 20 pounds heavy what the fuck so he he diy'd his own fucking torture box sure did oh my Okay, I'm going to take a drink. Yep, don't find that on Pinterest, do you? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully you're not looking. Yeah, no dark web Pinterest for that. <laughs> <laughs> dark web Pinterest, love it. I mean, I I do want her, I, I feel like, okay, you should have listened to your instincts, but we've all been there where it's like this person that you feel a little weird around. I mean, obviously I've never been kidnapped and put in a box, but we've all been to that, like maybe like a blind date or some date off Tinder or something where it's like, you know, I don't like this person and I don't like being here around them. It's making me uncomfortable, but I don't see why. So I'm just going to stick it out and be polite. Well, shoot. I mean, even I've had times where I could identify why somebody is making me uncomfortable, but you still go, you ignore your instinct, you ignore your gut. And like I said, there's been plenty of times that this has happened to me and I've ignored it and I shouldn't have. Um, yeah. Luckily, nothing really has happened. But still, like, seriously, listen to your gut. If anything feels wrong, get out of there. Find an excuse. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You don't have to be polite at that point. You could say, I need to go. You could make up some shit like, I have diarrhea. Everyone will get out of your way. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Yeah. If you're in a public place, tell somebody. Yeah. Fake something. Or if you're in private, like, there's there's lots of ways to, like, diffuse situations. Unfortunately, that this was going to happen. And we're going to talk about why in a minute. So she has this wooden box around her head. She's now laying down in the back seat with this contraption. It, it's so heavy she can't sit up. Oh, my God. So she feels the car start, and the woman and the baby get back inside the car, and they all start driving again. Did you mention if they um, gagged her mouth? They did. Okay, okay. So when the car finally stops, they wait a while for the sun to go down. So under the cover of darkness, the man removes the box from her head, but she's still blindfolded, still gagged, and he forces her into the basement of a house. Oh my god. Uh, and okay, and things are going to start getting a little, a little rough here. Okay. Even more. So he takes her in the basement, he has her stand on a box, removes her clothes, and chains her hands above her head onto rafters or some pipes or something that can loop, mm -hmm. you know, these chains. He then removes the box so that, she, like, underneath her feet, so she's now suspended, hanging from her hands, and then he begins to whip her. She's still blindfolded at this point, but she could kind of see down. Have you ever had a blindfold on, but you can still kind of look down and see a little bit of the ground? I've never had a blindfold, but I have those eye masks that I wear to yeah. bed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. And I, I can definitely, you can see the light through the bottom. Yeah. She could see a little bit through the bottom of her blindfold. And underneath, she saw the man and his wife start having sex below where she was hanging. Oh my God. Okay, so the wife, obviously, I mean, when the wife and baby got back in the car and didn't react to this girl in the backseat with a box on her head, I already was like, okay, the wife is in on it. But I didn't, I was like, okay, maybe the wife just tries to ignore what her husband is doing. Clearly not. The wife's into it. Possibly, but we'll get into that more in a minute. But once they had finished having sex beneath Colleen, uh, the man starts touching Colleen and maybe from a mix of the trauma and pain, she blacks out. Oh my God. Yeah, she's probably so scared. So we're going to take a minute and we're going to talk about Colleen's abductors, Cameron and Janice Hooker. The Hooker family. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird referring to them as the Hookers. Yeah, the hookers, yeah. (laughs) So there's not a ton known about these two before Colleen's story, but Cameron was born in California and moved around a lot with his family. He was known to be shy and sort of the quintessential geeky kid. A poindexter, one might say. One might say. He did have an interest many young people have. Pornography. Mm, Young people, old people, all of us, right? Right. And I, you know, it's weird. I read somewhere, and I don't know if I 100% agree with this, but they said in this article, whatever kind of sex you're introduced to at a young age, be it in films, magazines, whatever, it becomes what you to believe sex is. Okay, so like if you're in, when you're a kid, you're exposed to some sort of BDSM or... Furries or... Mm -hmm. And I know furries aren't just sex, but they have... A sexual connotation every once in a while. I'm sorry if you're a furry and I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's all kinds of little things that you could get into just by looking at it as a kid, I guess. And I don't 100% mean like watching actual sex, but I don't know how to describe it. But sex as in even um, like affection, like how people show affection. If you come from a family that's big on hugs and kisses, like that's how you might interpret love and in a way sex. Maybe I'm getting a little Freudian over here, but... But if you came from a family that doesn't hug or kiss or show affection, you don't believe like... You're like, get away from me with that. Yeah. You might. You might. So, like I said, uh, but Cameron's choice of pornography came in the form of underground bondage magazines and all aspects of BDSM. He didn't read the part where there's a lot of rules about consent and safety (laughs) words. You know what? I don't know if that was... I, I don't know. But this was an under... Well... I can't say, I don't know. I don't know for sure if BDSM, how big it was back in his time. But what I read was that these were underground magazines where they were mass produced. They weren't just your typical Playboy or Maxim or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And I have no idea when, like, I know now that there's a BDSM community that has a lot of rules and, you know, safety measures, but Mm -hmm. I don't know when that started or when that became popular. Right. I know there was a book back in like the 50s. It was a French book called The Story of O and that had to do with uh, BDSM. Um, But my feelings um, about this, as long as you and all involved parties consent and are of legal age, do you? BDSM should only be shared between consenting adult people and is not something to be ashamed of or and and it doesn't lead to sex crimes it does not no yes exactly this is inherently is not evil but it obviously can be turned evil by certain people anything can be turned evil if someone has an evil heart let's just say that yes it sounds like this guy does so yes. here we go Cameron's fantasies were pretty dark and he did not want his future partners to be consensual partners 
Okay, yeah, see, there it is, dark heart. However, uh, after high school, he started working at a lumber mill, and that's when he met Janice. She wasn't there. She was actually 15 at the time, and he was oh. 19. Oh, okay, that's a little bit better. Oh, yes, still. Um, but Janice, like so many young teens, had issues with confidence and self-worth. Uh, she would often attach onto any boy that showed her interest, even the ones that didn't treat her well at all. She just wanted someone. Oh, okay. Okay, so she's not into it either, is what I'm getting from this. <laughs> Cameron was happy to have someone to act out his fantasies on, but unfortunately, Janice was not into the bondage or the pain that Cameron was into. Yeah. Yeah, Cameron, because you're a dick. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, she didn't want to lose him, so she just kind of went along with it. But her heart wasn't in it, so he wanted a different partner. Oh, we're going to get into it. It's going to get oh. all kinds of crazy. In 1975, they married, and Cameron continued to become more and more extreme with his sexual activities and fantasies. Janice said she just wanted a normal life, and she really just wanted to start a family and have a baby. Wrong guy, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> she knew if she continued to be Cameron's sexual partner that she would never have a safe pregnancy. Well, yeah, that's a good point, because if she's pregnant, you can't mm -hmm. do all that stuff. Cameron, often mentioning to her how he would love to have a sex slave that could not say no to him, they actually agreed, and I'm not sure, I have a feeling he probably persuaded her more, mm -hmm. but Cameron wanted to have a slave, and he said if he could do that, he'd give Janice a baby. He'd give her a baby, okay. Mm. <laughs> I really hate this man in yes. many ways. And like this sickening thought delighted Cameron to no end, but Janice did have one rule. Oh, really? Okay, what's this rule? He was not allowed to have sex with his slave. He could penetrate her with other objects, but not with himself. Oh, interesting. Okay, I I mean, obviously this is all really bad, and I don't want any of it to happen to anybody. But that's an interesting rule that she thought of. Like, okay, you can beat her to death, but you can't stick anything in there. But that's yours. <laughs> that's yeah. on your body. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Cameron agreed and got to work finding his slave. And there she was hitchhiking on the side of the road. So back to Colleen. After chaining her from the rafters, Cameron forced Colleen back into the head box and, and then put her into some kind of crate that was big enough really only for her to kind of like semi sit in. She couldn't even lay down all the way. What? Oh my God. So she's just supposed to sit up uncomfortably I mean, obviously he doesn't care about her comfort no comfort is not a priority here for him it makes me think of like when you play hide and seek and you want to get in like a space that's just not big enough but you're like crammed into a weird position that kind of makes me think like that's yeah. kind of how she was kind of in a and plus she has a box on her head and then she's put into a crate right now that's two boxes so he left her in the basement she tried kicking the walls of the box, but he heard and returned and bind. Uh, he returned to bind her legs kind of to the side of the crate. Um, I guess she tried it again, and he came back and put a homemade shock device in the box with her, kind of between her legs. So if she moved, it would shock her? I don't know how exactly it was supposed to work, because mm -hmm. guess what? Luckily, it was not working. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so he put something like a belt around her torso and tightened it so it kind of restricted her breathing so she couldn't take in deep breaths to continue to fight. Man, this is the simplest things. He turned, he's a piece of shit even in the simple things. Like, nope, you can't breathe. No, no breathing for you. Well, she already had a box on her head that was hard enough to breathe in and then he tightens around her chest to make it where she can't inhale. 
much. Yes. Yes, literally overkill without actually killing her. So that was her first night with the hookers. Still sounds so weird saying that. It still sounds weird. It's like, it would be better if they were actual hookers. I'd love that. (laughs) That'd be better. (laughs) So the following day, Cameron takes Colleen out of the box and allows her to eat and relieve herself. He then proceeds to hang her from her hands and torture her. It's nice of him to let her out to go to the bathroom. How nice. Uh, She had to relieve herself in like a bucket or a bedpan like right in front of him so you know it's not like she got to use the restroom wash her hands towel them off put on a little lotion no she had to do it in front of him because it was degrading and embarrassing for her and he got off on that yeah part of his fun gross yeah i'm about to throw up give me a second (laughs) this took me having a strong stomach to write and listen to all this but anyways um so this whole thing went on for like three months and during this time she never got to leave the basement she remained in the box 23 hours a day only coming out to eat relieve herself and be tortured oh my god can you imagine i mean every little thing obviously but she's only let out once to go to the bathroom all day back in a box after that right Uh, did you say six months uh about three months this is the pattern that they're doing any time is a long time of this bullshit so one day, uh, Cameron and Janice, his wife, come into the basement, and they put a document in front of Colleen, a slave contract. Fuck that! Oh my god, no. Not signing shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, a fucking contract like they can make it legal. Right. So Colleen described it as reading with lots of, like, legal jargon-type wording. And essentially, it was for Colleen to sign, agreeing to give her body and soul over to Cameron to do whatever he wanted. Ha! Yeah, somehow I don't think that's legally binding. I don't think that will hold up in a court of law. Well, it says here you uh, have let him take your soul. So (laughs) I guess that's what's going to happen now. No, that's not how the law works. And she did sign it, fearing that if she didn't, they would just kill her. Because, I mean, it's going to happen to her whether she wants it or not. She might as well just sign it. It's kind of a stupid thing, because, like, why even write up a contract? You know it's not going to be legally... I guess it's more psychological torture for her. I guess. And I don't know what the point is, because he wants a non-consensual relationship. Why are you having her sign over her rights when it's already not consensual and it's never going like what what yeah the the part he likes yeah yeah the part he likes about it is that it's non-consensual so why even fake consent i don't know consent why even fake consent consent page (laughs) (laughs) the wrong syllable there (laughs) that'll happen Mm -hmm. um so once she signed her new name as his slave was k just the letter the letter k okay Mm -hmm. and i believe that played back into the book I mentioned, the story of O, where all the slaves in that, the sex slaves in that, that book was way more consensual. Was it? Okay. Yeah. They all just took a single letter for their slave name. Okay. So it seems like either he read it or it was such a popular book in the underground BDSM community that he just kind of absorbed the the initial as mm-hmm. a name. Yeah. I think, I think that might be what he was basing it off of. I've only come across that he may have read that. I don't remember if he did or not a hundred percent, but <laughs> I've right. read the book and I've seen the movie. The movie's really good. Don't read the book. The book sucks. The French movie made in like the sixties is really good. Has a good ending. Let's do, let's do a doll, a dolls disassemble on it. Let's do that on <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> it's, it's like, 
It's like softcore porn, but okay. It's um, perfect. Perfect. Now, now I feel like I'm <laughs> divulging way too much about myself. Anywho, I'm well read. Let's put it that way. And You're cultured. Watched. I'm cultured. It's French. Okay. It's, yeah, it's culture. It's I get culture. it. Okay. Uh, back to this. Cameron also told Colleen about an organization called, quote unquote, The Company that sanctioned her enslavement. He's making this up, I hope. So the company, quote unquote, is a network of underground slave traders who took women from all over the world and made them slaves to men. And they were watching, always watching. So if Colleen tried to escape or contact her family or the police, her family would be killed. Oh my God. He even said that Janice was a former slave that tried to escape and Cameron married her to prevent her from being executed by the company okay well that's some bullshit but i mean <laughs> conspiratorially probably no, no it's all lies there's no company janice was never a slave for the company but colleen believed it because she had been mentally broken at this point like yeah yeah you're living your life in a fucking box yeah i mean sure there's a company out there right like at that point it's like does it matter what you believe anymore and here's this this kind of the scary thing with this whole jeffrey epstein thing like i almost believe there is some kind of company yeah i kind of do but he made this shit up right he did he did he didn't know yeah I, but i think conspiratorially in the world probably is going yeah. on mm -hmm. they just don't care about this piece of shit guy not that mm. they're not pieces of shit you're all shit okay so now that colleen has signed the contract cameron begins to grant her some allowances and i say that very loosely hmm does she get to go to the bathroom in a toilet i don't think so damn it okay well you know. So she's brought up from the basement and is given chores like house cleaning. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, allowance. She's allowed to go clean the house. Fuck I told man. you I said that loosely. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's better than living in a box, but still. Damn. Yeah, truly. And around this time, Janice more or less gives her permission for Cameron to have sex with Colleen if he wanted to. Now, she was deeply hoping that he would be like, no, you're my one true love. But nope, he was like, okay. Right? He's like five seconds later down in the basement. And she's like, oh, well, that backfired. Yes. So I'm not sure on the timeline of this part, but she, Janice, Janice, the wife, uh, ended up taking a job that wasn't super close by to their house. So she kind of stayed during the week with her sister, only coming home on the weekends. And she oh. hoped this would make Cameron miss her, but really it just allowed Cameron more time with Colleen. Okay, you might have said this already and I might have missed it. Mm -hmm. What is Cameron, do we know what Cameron did for a living? <sighs> I want to say he he's just home all day. No, I believe he's still working at the lumber mill. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's something like that. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Mm -hmm. In 1978, the hookers buy some land and put a trailer on the property. So there's no basement anymore. Oh, okay. Okay, so they moved. They moved, uh, to, like I said, to some property. They have a trailer home. And they had to get a little more creative about where they were going to put Colleen. Did they have to? They could have let her go. <laughs> like, ah, no more basement. Bye. Contract is void. If only. If only. Right? Poor Colleen. So he got creative. He fashioned a box that went beneath their waterbed and made Colleen crawl inside. And that's where she was kept most hours of the day. I really wish you could see me as soon as you said that, because I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? 
pardon. Exactly. So that leads more into her being the girl in the box because she's literally in a box underneath a waterbed, almost like a coffin. <sighs> okay, that was my, literally my next question. I was like, I'm picturing like it's a coffin without the lid on top. Right. The top of the bed is the lid, I guess. Oh my god, Jesus. I wish I could say sip, sip, what the shit, but I've already drank my drink. Oh, damn, girl. That's a lot of, there's already a lot of sip, sip, what the shit moments before this. <laughs> there are plenty more coming, girl. Don't you worry. I gotta pour myself some more. You keep talking. Thank you. You keep talking. I got my drink right here. I'm gonna pour myself a little bit. Go ahead. At night, Cameron had Colleen come into the backyard oh, and help build a shed. Now she's building sheds? Oh, this poor girl. She got no breaks. She's like, it's not enough. I'm being fucking held against my will and raped. Right. Starved in a box. You get me out here doing manual labor? Fuck you. Right? Come on. Do your own work. <laughs> I'm sure she's thinking the same thing. Yeah, but like at that point, mm. what can you do? And I heard somewhere, I don't, I don't remember where, but and I didn't write it down, but I do believe he actually made her do it kind of blindfolded, which I'm like, I, what, how, how is she going to work blindfolded? Maybe like peeking out the bottom, but damn. Maybe, like maybe you had to feel for the whole thing, but I think she was like laying down bricks and whatnot, so she had to kind of just feel for that. So um, he's like, how else can I be a piece of shit? Here we go, found it. Going to make her work blindfolded. Right. So this shed had a basement for lack of a better word, that would be Colleen's new holding area. And when the mood struck him, Cameron's torture chamber. And I am not kidding. Cameron literally had a medieval style rack that he would put Colleen on, like the stretcher rack. It's not enough to have like her in a box all day and you know, all the other tortures she has to endure. And now he's like, there's a real torture chamber. Yay, this will be fun, right, Colleen? No, it's not. <laughs> Does she have a choice? No, she signed a contract. Nope, that's right. That's right. It's a legally binding contract. <laughs> my ass. Oh okay, my God. so over time, Cameron felt that he could actually let Colleen go outside during the day without her attracting like attention to herself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he trusted her enough to not think that she was going to run for it or shout for help. So he would have her do gardening and yard work, stuff like that during the day. Oh, you know what? It's so she's she's believing that this company is watching her too. Yes, she thinks anybody that walks by drives by because that that they're in the company because he actually told her, "Hey, a lot of the people around us are in the company and they are always watching. So if you think the lady across the street and her husband are just Regular neighbors, no, they're a part of the company and they're watching you. So she became oh. super paranoid, became super paranoid about everybody watching her. So she was just terrified to say anything, do anything, bring any kind of attention to herself. Oh my God. Ugh. This is, this reminds me of the heart episode that we did, the family episode mm -hmm. where the kids would go next door and ask for tortillas and shit just to get some food in their bellies. Mm -hmm, a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit, right, yeah. And this obviously is a hugely different case, but just like she's looking over there like maybe they could help me, but no, they're in the company. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think she was more sure that everyone was in the company and she was just like, don't do not do anything. Yeah, um, like I can't trust any of these people, whereas the neighbors are probably super nice and would have totally helped her. Right, everyone thought that she was the babysitter or like a family member. No, no one knew oh that God. she wasn't, no one knew she was a slave under their bed. Yeah, of course. You're not going to see somebody doing gardening outside and automatically assume they're a slave. No. So by this time, Cameron and Janice had a second child. Um, they had what? Two, yeah, they had two girls. Oh, two girls. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
I do not want kids living in his house. No. And over the years, their kids never even realized that Colleen actually lived in the house with them. They thought at the end of the day, she went home, but really she just crawled under the bed into her box. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that, that the kids eventually would be aware that they're, you know, when they're little babies, they don't, Mm -hmm. they're they're not not aware. aware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that hurts my heart. And they called her Kay by her slave name. They thought that was just her name and she would babysit. She'd be with the kids to watch them if, you know, if need be. She, not only is she the carpenter and the bricklayer and the sex slave, she's also the babysitter. Yeah. Sorry, I had to take a long sip there. I'm sure you did. I'm Here, I'm, my turn now. <laughs> there you go. So eventually, Cameron had Colleen sleep in the bathroom, like in the bathtub. He actually chained her to the toilet each night so she couldn't escape. Oh my God, I don't even know which one is worse. The box or the bathtub? I, I would I would hope the bathtub because maybe at least you have your own room. And you That's true. A You're not a... Oh, yeah. There you go. A little bit more room to move around. Not as claustrophobic. A little bit more breathing air. No, I don't know if I'd want to be chained to a toilet. I Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold yeah. on to your butt. It's going to get even crazier. So in 1981, Cameron told Colleen that the company was actually considering letting her visit her family, but she had to prove herself first. I, I'm speechless. I'm fucking speechless. This is like a manipulation tactic, I'm sure. Do you want to know how she had to prove herself? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> she had to put a shotgun in her mouth and pull the trigger. Wait, I thought it was going to... Okay, <laughs> I don't know what I thought, but I didn't expect that. So she did it, and luckily it wasn't loaded. So she had to trust, oh my god, you know what? Actually, in that situation, maybe she hoped it was loaded. She's like, maybe I could get out of this fucking world that he's trapped me into. I don't remember coming across anything with her saying later on down the road, like, how she felt about it, but she yeah, did actually yeah. write a book. I didn't have time to read it. I read a little bit of the beginning, but um, I didn't buy the whole book. Anyways, so <sighs> she did it, wasn't loaded. I don't know... That I could have done that, knowing if it was loaded or not. But she proved her loyalty and obedience. I think that's what he was looking for, that she would obey without, you know. Mm-hmm. That she would she would trust that no matter what. Mm-hmm. Not, that, not that she would be okay, but that she would just do what he said. Exactly. So, Cameron took her to see her family. What? She actually got to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought that was a trick. I didn't know that he would actually do that. So on the way to see them, he told her to introduce him as her fiancé and that the reason they were visiting is because he was taking some kind of seminar in the area, uh, and that's the reason they're in the area. Uh, He does warn her that her family's house is wiretapped and under surveillance by the company, so she says anything to clue them in on the situation everyone in the house would be killed. Oh my god. And she's so brainwashed by this point. She's probably like, yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna say anything. Terrified. So when she finally sees her family, they're just so happy. She doesn't give them a lot of details and they actually don't ask a lot of questions about where she's been or what she's been doing because they were just like, I'm happy she's here. I don't want to like poke at her or bug her. Her father said that he thought she was involved in some kind of cult because those were popular in the 60s 70s oh hell yeah yeah like early 80s oh my god totally but so are serial killers so Mm -hmm. Hmm. but but yeah they didn't want to like push her away by getting too into her business so they're like okay cool fine so colleen only got to spend one day with her family before cameron says it's time to go did they get to meet cameron or did he drop her off and like 
they did get to meet him. Not oh the whole God. time. I think he dropped her off, went mm-hmm. and did whatever he was going to do, and then came back to pick her up the next day. Okay, so they they got to meet him. The guy who was torturing and imprisoning their daughter. Oh, it's worse. So I didn't realize this because I'd seen this picture. It's a picture of Colleen like with her arms around Cameron's neck, like smiling. And they're both smiling for a picture. I didn't know who took this picture. Apparently... Her stepmom was like, oh, before you guys go, let's get your picture. Like, I, I need a picture. I haven't, we haven't seen you in years. Let's get a picture. Oh, my God. So, like, this is, it's haunting. It's haunting to know that, that, that this was going on and there's a picture of them like that. Yes, I agree. That's fucking awful. And what I didn't realize and what really hurts me right now is you said years. Mm-hmm. I think it had been two or three years at this point. Oh, my God. No wonder she's, like, completely brainwashed and thinking the company is absolutely real and this man has complete power over her. She's She doesn't know anything else anymore. No. No, no, no. Not at all. So it's been four years. I, I had to go back and count by the time she was abducted. Four years. They hadn't seen her in four, four years. Years. And hadn't heard four from years. her. Um, there was one mention of uh, he, I guess before this visit, he did let Colleen call I don't know if it was her mom or her dad. Uh, she talked to them on the phone for just a minute, like as a Christmas gift, saying, I'm okay, and then had to hang up fairly quickly. But So they knew she was more or less okay, like alive, but then they finally actually got to see her. And I think her dad was like, wow, she, she lost a lot of weight, but it was her, and I was so happy to see her. I didn't care what the circumstances were. Uh, of course he didn't know. Of course, and she's not going to tell him, so she, what is he's not going to suspect anything. I think they were like, this is a weird, it's a weird situation, like possible sure. cult situation, but. They're not too far off. Like, I mean, it's not a cult, obviously, because it's just the two people and, you know, the family a little bit. But, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is so, I, I have another stupid question. How mm-hmm. old was she? Uh, when she got abducted or at this yeah. point? Um, she, she was 20 when she got abducted. I think he was 23 and I think Janice was like 19, like a year younger than Whoa. Colleen. Oh my God. I'm picturing like this 40 year old guy. I don't know why. No, I understand. I totally understand. Because when I started reading this, I thought an older man, maybe a slightly younger wife, and then then Colleen yeah. being very young. But no, they're all about the same age. They're and that's oh one God. another reason she really trusted them. She's like, it's not a creepy old guy. It's it's a young guy. Like, it's a young family just trying to go to the Grand Canyon or whatever. Like you know, just making up a story in your head. Oh my God. And I remember hearing in an interview she was like yeah my stepmom was like asking Cameron uh where do you guys live I'd love your address so I could send you a card or whatever or what's your phone number so we can reach you and he's like oh we're in the process of moving and we don't have a phone right now we're when once we move we'll, we'll send along the information and of sure. course never did because they weren't right. really moving that's not the situation Mm-mm. no they already moved they found their trailer <laughs> they, they're happy <laughs> When they return back to Cameron and Janice's home, for reasons unknown, Colleen is forced back into the box under the bed. She's no longer allowed out to do anything um, except for her one hour of use the bathroom, get tortured, and eat something. Oh, back to that. For three years. Three years after that. One little trip to her family and suddenly she loses all of her quote-unquote privileges. And she didn't know why, but everyone that I listened to, and I, I would agree... They just wanted him to give her, give a little and then take it all back just so she could remember that she's not free. She is still enslaved to him. Oh, so it's like... It, it's a mind fuck. Excuse me. Yeah, it's all, it's all part of his game. Like, he's still, he's enjoying every second of this, even the non 
sexual and non-torturous parts. It's like, I'm torturing you psychologically. Oh, yeah. If, if he's not doing it sexually, he's going to be doing it mentally. Oh, I hate this man. Of course. I mean, we all do right now <laughs> listening to this, hopefully, but Jesus. So in a weird twist of trust, and I'm not sure how this came about, Cameron actually allows Colleen to go get a job outside of the house. What? Right? <laughs> oh my god so okay i it's almost another situation where it's like oh you're gonna give her a privilege to go get a job that doesn't sound fun i'm pretty sure she was happy to put some clothes on and go somewhere else <laughs> yeah that part is nice and get to talk to people even if you have to pretend that everything's fine and it's not fine and you don't want to go quote unquote home so she gets a job working as a maid at a motel and she works her shifts and then goes back to being a slave in the hooker household it sounds so weird it does it still sounds weird that's never going to stop sounding weird <laughs> uh, she does make friends with her boss at the motel but she never tells the boss what goes on when she clocks out she still assumes that the company is mm -hmm. maybe she thinks she's working for the company now she, you never know she may think her boss she, she has no idea even if she talks and someone happens over here that's a part of the company her family's dead yeah. and she didn't want yeah that. she didn't want that yeah like it, it, she might think things are bugged who knows yeah so i haven't really mentioned janice much in the story or how she kind of plays into everything i only kind of sprinkle her name in the wife the wife janice the mm -hmm. wife so we know that Janice seems to be okay with her husband acquiring a slave, but once Colleen was in the home, Janice was very jealous of the attention that Colleen got. Oh, were you jealous, Janice? You want to get in a box, Janice? Right! Why don't you take her fucking place? And remember, the whole reason that she was quote-unquote okay with her husband getting a slave was because she just didn't want to be tormented either. She wanted her family, she, she wanted some normalcy, but this is not normal. <laughs> Right, Janice? Like, you want normalcy? How about the fucking girl in the box under your bed? Yeah, not normal. Does she have normalcy? No. Mm -mm. So I think closer to the beginning, Janice would tell Cameron any time that Colleen didn't do something correctly or uh, maybe she wouldn't say yes, ma'am, to her. So she would tell Cameron and Cameron would punish Colleen. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're lead you are part of this. I would like to think she was like the innocent, like, you know, like a BTK wife. She had no idea what was going on. Or at least I don't think so, as far as we know. And there's a lot of um, debate on whether or not Janice was a victim or not. Like, she did go along with things, so she's at least an accessory, but... They also, some, depends on who you ask and talk to, they'll say, you know, she was manipulated from the time she was 15 by Cameron. Like, so maybe she's part victim, but also went along with it. Because, I mean, over here, she's basically being a little tattletale. You know, she did any little thing wrong, probably just because she was, just because she was jealous. Like, does it really matter if she said yes, ma'am, to you? No. No. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you're right. It's, she's jealous. And it's, you're... <sighs> I'm sure she was a victim. I'm sure she was part of this whole thing as a victim, but I'm mad at her for not looking at this woman and feeling some modicum of like, I am leading to her feeling more pain. Ugh, it just hurts my heart. <laughs> I understand. Uh, Colleen said one time uh, when she was strung up and being like whipped or whatever, Janice, I guess in her anger or jealousy or whatever, bit her side like on like on her stomach on her side like bit her 
took a fucking bite out mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. Out of, yeah, I'm sure she was. Maybe she was just expressing her frustration and she knew that her husband would be like, yeah, of course you could do that. Right. She's <laughs> like, taking her anger out on the wrong person, though, because you know who she oh, should yeah. be mad at. Oh, yes. Absolutely. It is not Colleen's fault. No, she did not ask for this. Not at any point did she ask for this. Over time, though, Janice actually started to sympathize with Colleen, and they actually formed kind of a bond. Oh, so, oh, I didn't see this coming. This is that. seven years in the making, okay? <laughs> seven. Oh, my God, seven years in the making. So <sighs> they actually did, like, Bible study together. I think they were even allowed to go to church together. So backwards. Very, so very weird. Backwards. Yes, very, very strange. And uh, Janice started to see Colleen as a victim instead of an object in the way. Oh, Okay. She started understanding, like, this isn't her fault, like, eh, and feeling uncomfortable about it. So in 1984, Cameron announces to the women, I guess you could call them, <laughs> that he yeah. wants to take more slaves. Oh my god, he is so greedy. Uh, any slaves is bad. Right. You don't need any. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't need any. No. But this was too much for Janice. She had already started feeling really bad about Colleen being there and what she'd been through so she actually goes and tells the pastor of her church what's been going on for the last seven years <gasps> oh and my god he tells her that she and colleen need to pack up and leave asap so get ready for this janice goes to see colleen while she's on her shift cleaning at the motel she okay. finally admits to colleen that there is no the company that's been watching her and her family over the years it was all made up and she tells colleen they need to get the hell out of there yes right now like seven years ago but also right now minus an extra day yes so what they do is i think they go back to the house and they know that cameron's about to finish his shift working come home so they have to basically pretend for like one more night he has already said they need to get out right yes but they're like it's if they went home to grab the kids and pack he would come home and see what was going on and who knows what he would do. So they had to pretend for like one more night that okay, okay. like we're going to leave in the morning. So. Okay, damn. so Colleen calls her dad and says, I'm coming home. He sends her some money for a bus ticket. And before she gets on the bus, Colleen has one more person that she needs to call. Who? She calls Cameron and she says, I know the truth and this is over. Like this is not happening anymore. No. I'm gone. Don't tell him before you've left. Wait until you're home safe. And you know what happened? He cried. He cried on the phone like a little bitch. Little fucking piece of shit that he is. So she hung up, got on the bus, and went home. Oh, thank God. Okay, I thought this was going to get worse. I thought he was going to, like, double down and, okay, whoo, and, like, go home, girl. So she tells her family what really happened. And while she kind of just wanted to get on with her life, they were really like, you need to go to the police. Like, we need this to, like... We need to, this guy needs to pay. He's about to find another fucking slave. She needs to make sure that does not happen. So Janice left Cameron for all of a week and then decided she could fix him. So she went back to him. No, no, you can't. Can't fix this shit. Mm-mm. So apparently she, Janice was friends with some, some woman and she told her friend everything that had been going on. And her friend's like, okay, what if he hurts your daughters? What if he starts hurting True. them? He could have already started and she didn't even know. Maybe. I, I don't know. There's nothing about the kids, really. Thank God. Yeah. That triggered Janice enough to leave him for good. She's like, you're right. I can't have my kids around this. What if he Thank starts God. hurting them? So she's like, no, no. All done. All done. Thank God for that friend who, who had the words of wisdom because... <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that when you said that they had two daughters, I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so bad." 
As far as I know, there's nothing that Colleen said or Jana said that he ever hurt the kids. So, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that mm-hmm. she got out of there before it it entered his mind. Hopefully, hopefully it would have never, but you never know. So Janice knows that she could be an accessory to this kidnapping and enslavement. So she decides to go to the police and tells them everything in exchange for immunity. Oh, good. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I'm mad at her, but I'm all I get it. I get it. Right. You you need that immunity. You need to stay out of prison and take care of your girls. So. On the uh, documentary I was watching, uh, like, one of the investigators was like, this woman came in and told us all this shit, and, like, I really didn't want to believe her. I thought she was kind of cuckoo Cocoa Puffs over oh here. But they're like, but we called Colleen. We found her. We called her. And she confirmed everything. So we're like, okay, we need to, this is real. We should probably move on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can only imagine the policeman being like, Wait, what? You kept a girl Pardon? in a box under your bed for seven... What? What? Yeah, like, is this real? Tell me this is a prank. <laughs> so on August 22nd, 1984, Cameron Hooker was arrested and indicted on 10 counts of kidnapping and rape. But get your drink ready, Paige, because Janice also tells the police about another crime that Cameron has committed. I already drank all my drink, but thank you. Go ahead. Murder. Wait, murder? What? When did he do the murder? Let's rewind. Okay, ready? Yeah, damn. I don't know if I'm ready, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So Colleen Stan wasn't Cameron Hooker's first slave. Oh my god. That would be a woman named Marie Elizabeth Spanicky. And hopefully I'm saying her last name right. That's what most sources said. Her last name was Spanicky. But she actually went by the name Marliz or Marlies. Like Marie Elizabeth Marlies. Cute. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Nice combo of the two names. So yeah. Marliz, I'm going to call her Marliz. I feel like that comes out a little more easy for me. Marliz, uh, she and her fiance, John Baruth, were out shopping in January of 1976, and they got into a fight. Oh. Um, not a physical fight, like a, a word fight. Meow, meow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, an argument. An argument, mm-hmm. couples fight. So Marliz went off on foot. And that's when Cameron and Janice abducted her. Oh, no. It was the same start, essentially, as Colleen. She caught a ride from them, and they actually took her where she wanted to go, like, all the way there. And as she's getting Hmm. out of the car, Cameron actually pulls her back in and then ties her up. And this was before Colleen entered the scene. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they took her back to the house and tied her up. And according to Janice... Cameron thought Marliz was making too much noise and decided to make her what he called a silent slave and tried cutting her vocal cords. What the fuck? Oh my god, that was his first thought? Like, okay, before any of the other stuff, let's just make her quiet. Cut those cords. Is he like an amateur surgeon over here? So he might have botched it and decided to shoot Marliz in the stomach with a pellet gun. A pellet gun? And when I read that, I'm like, does a pellet gun actually... Could you die? You could break the skin, but it didn't kill her, so he actually strangled her to death. So that was his first attempt at a slave, and he fucked it up royally. Yeah, it gave me uh, Jeffrey Dahmer vibes, where he was trying to make his, like, zombie (gasps) slaves, remember? Yes, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, I need someone who will do whatever... Well, I mean, you know, Cameron wanted someone who wouldn't talk, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer wanted someone who would just do whatever he wanted. Well, that's what he wanted a slave for, to do whatever he wanted, but... Yeah. And quietly. And quietly, yeah. He didn't put acid in their brain. Isn't that what Jeffrey Dahmer did? I think so. He put something... Something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So he and Janice rolled up Marla's in a like tarp or blankets or something, and they buried her somewhere near Lassen Park. Oh, Janice, girl. Mm-hmm. Janice. So after Marliz's disappearance, her fiancé was actually treated as a person of interest, and a lot of people assumed he did it, even though there was no evidence. Oh. So can you imagine? Yeah. I can't imagine. No. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. So he, until this point, when Janice gave her confession, everyone thought that he was the one that killed his fiancé, but then this came out, and they contacted him and said, we think we have the person that actually did kill your fiance sorry we've been kind of looking at you right i mean who else are you gonna look at right right yeah. the, this is a stranger so you can't pre- you can't predict that he would be the one to do it it's it's why it's so hard to catch serial killers mm-hmm. sadly they never found her body even after janice tried helping find it um apparently when they did it i don't know if it was when they buried her or if it was after they said there was like some snow on the ground so that it was really hard for her to identify where it was so there wasn't enough to charge cameron for her murder and additionally you know janice got full immunity okay okay i mean you know sure <laughs> she was manipulated too so during the time cameras cameras that's janice and cameras. cameron put together <laughs> They're a couple name. <laughs> gross. Gross. Okay. So during the time Janice went back to Cameron, they had actually destroyed a lot of evidence together. Pictures, devices, etc. But not everything. So they destroyed the box, I assume, and all that shit. No. They actually were able to find, the investigators were able to find the head box, the stretcher, the whips, and a copy of the slave contract. Oh. Okay. So they didn't destroy even all of the important evidence good i'm glad right i'm like all right uh so <laughs> like that's like that's everything <laughs> they got rid of a lot though um during the trial janice testifies against cameron as does colleen cameron testifies on his own behalf saying that yes he did kidnap colleen but over time she fell in love with him and when he allowed her to be free she didn't want to leave him oh is that what happened i don't think that's what happened mr hooker no one believed that shit Right? She's, like, over there looking at him side-eye, like, are you kidding me? Fall in love with that piece of shit? No. He was convicted on all ten counts and sentenced to 104 years in prison. Not enough. (laughs) No. But listen to this. Due to changes over the years in California's elderly inmate program and COVID, he was actually up for parole this year. 2021? Mm -hmm. Holy fuck. He's still alive? Somebody needs to shake him in prison. He's, he's only in his 60s, I believe, right now, early 60s, I think. But um, as of April 16th, as I was re- when I first started re- researching this, I saw that he was up for parole, and I'm like, oh, shit. But as of April 16th, he was denied parole. Oh, and as we're thank recording God. that, as we're recording this, it was only a couple of days ago, so hallelujah. Um, right. When you said that, I looked at the date and I was holding my breath like, please tell me he's not getting out. <laughs> no, because uh, the parole board, I guess they had him. He was evaluated by a doctor and they're like, no, he's still a he hasn't changed. He's not remorseful. He would still be a threat if he were let out. Um, so he's not going to be up for parole again for another 15 years. And he will be 76 years old by that time if he makes it to them. Somebody kill him in prison now. I will pay. No, I don't know. (laughs) That's awful. But Jesus Christ, this man does not need to be let out ever. Never. 
Janice Hooker officially divorced Cameron in 1986 and hasn't really been in the media. I believe she actually changed her name. Smart move, yeah. Colleen seems to have a harder, have had a harder time of it, and understandably so. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least Janice was somewhat free. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. It's debatable, but yes, Colleen had a harder enslavement and. Uh, She says she's had PTSD from the events she's been through. She's had failed marriages and couldn't maintain a job uh, due to the aftermath of her enslavement. That's understandable. Oh, completely. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I would be surprised if she didn't have PTSD. (laughs) No kidding. She does do interviews, especially when crimes like hers are in the media, like the Cleveland, Ohio captives, J.C. Lee Dugard, and, like, Elizabeth Smart. Oh, yeah, I was thinking this got some Elizabeth Smart, Mm -hmm. I don't know, similarities. Right, and, like, the the three girls, three women in Cleveland, Ohio, that were captives um, for years. I hadn't heard of that. That sounds We'll cover that one. That one is horrid i mean there it's all rough but that one that one's a rough one too but anyways um she fought back in 2015 to keep cameron in jail by protesting his parole and luckily that worked and again it's he's not getting out for at least another 15 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she and janice kept in touch for a little while but i don't think they have in years like i think they did for for a little bit but um but no, and it doesn't sound like uh, Colleen is very happy with Janice, which I wouldn't either. Like, thank you for I, getting the ball moving on getting me out of there. But sure, it could, you could have done it a lot sooner. Oh, my God. Yeah, you could have made sure he did or like left him immediately when he started saying, I want a sex slave. Now, I know she wanted a baby, but there's plenty of guys out there who will give you a fucking baby without saying, I need a sex slave in order for me to give you a baby. Right. So that's the story of the girl in the box. Colleen Stan. Sips it what the shit all night long after that. All night story. long. All night. All night. <laughs> okay. So guys, that's our episode. We love you dolls and thank you for listening. If you want to see what Near Death Dolls is up to, follow us on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. Tweet us on that Twitter, near at Near Death Dolls. And we're on Tumblr at neardeathdolls.tumblr.com. And if you want to help a doll out, subscribe and leave us a review. And you know we want more listener stories for future Dear Dollies episodes, so please send this over to neardeathdolls at gmail.com with Dear Dollies in the subject line. And be sure to tell us your preferred name and anything you want us to shout out, like your social media handles. And as usual, thanks for all of your support and love. Keep being delicious dollies. And until next time, bye bye Don't accept rides from strangers. If it feels wrong, don't do it. Right. Don't try to be polite to someone just because you can't see a reason for yourself to be uncomfortable around them. Mm-mm. Go with your gut, girls. And guys. Go with your gut. All people. You don't have to be rude. Just get up and walk away if you need to. Do whatever you need to do. Get away from the person that's making you uncomfortable. And you know what? If you do need to be rude, be rude. Make a scene. Fuck that. Just do it. Yeah. They may think you're psycho, but at least you won't get kidnapped. Exactly. It is so much better than getting kidnapped and ending up in a box under a waterbed. Who has a waterbed anymore? I mean, I used to have a waterbed in middle school. It was so cool, but I wasn't underneath. That was like 15 years ago sad okay bye (laughs) okay bye everybody (laughs) a special thanks to sam hears for our art and music if you'd like to see more from him check out the links in our show notes